Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So today we are going to talk about diplomacy. We're going to talk about U.S. diplomatic efforts, how they're going, how they're being perceived. We're going to talk about deprioritization, and we are going to talk about why the United States is in the situation it's in. Because uh, it's kind of between a, a rock and a hard place at the moment as far as foreign policy efforts. If you have missed the reporting, there is now reporting that says U.S. diplomats are basically telling the Biden administration, hey, you have got to fix this gap between public messaging about U.S. diplomatic efforts and what's actually occurring. And they say that if the U.S. can't do that, the U.S. is, quote, losing Arab publics for a generation losing is in it's it's something that's happening right now those diplomats are getting that information by having conversations with arab leaders that's where that information is coming from we talk about this in the united states what i'm about to say is not specific to the arab world in any way we talk about how our representatives don't exactly have their fingers on the pulse of the attitudes of the average american that's also true there. In fact, it's probably even more pronounced there. So what the Arab leaders are hearing now as whispers is probably already a roar with the average person. I'll go ahead and say now, I don't think the U.S. is losing the Arab publics for a generation. I think they've lost them. So this... This leads to the obvious question. If foreign policy is about power and Israel is becoming a liability, why doesn't the U.S. just do an about-face and no longer be friends with Israel, right? It would make sense. It's long-term strategic planning for the region. That's the answer. We've been talking about it on the channel for years. The U.S. wants to deprioritize the Middle East so it can look elsewhere. Cough, Africa, cough. That's the plan. In order for the U.S. to deprioritize the Middle East, you have to have those poles of power. Iran, Saudi Arabia, and Israel. For the U.S. to maintain power, even though they're not active in the region, two of those countries have to be more more aligned, leaning more towards the U.S. It's not going to be Iran. Even though the U.S. wants to bring Iran out, Iran is going to align more with Russia or China. So in order to have the majority of the polls, the United States needs Saudi Arabia and Israel to be supportive to some degree, to lean more their way. Again, we're not talking about friends. Countries don't have friends. They have interests. So they need those interests to align. That's why the U.S. can't just be, be like, you're not our friend anymore. Because the U.S. needs Israel for long-term planning. At the same time, the U.S. can't risk losing the Arab world. So there's this balancing act that's occurring.
The problem is U.S. diplomatic efforts are, they really are trying to mitigate harm right now. The problem is it is very slow moving. It's not going quickly. And the Arab world is sitting there looking at it and going, okay, great. Some relief got in and you got a four-hour pause. Whoopee. The U.S. can say, hey, we're trying to do X, Y, and Z as well. But the United States doesn't exactly have a track record of being totally truthful when it comes to the Middle East, right? We can forgive the Arab publics for not just taking the U.S. at its word here because sometimes past performance does predict future results. So the U.S. is in a situation where, from a foreign policy standpoint, it can't come out too hard against Israel because it's going to need Israel in the future. But it also can't do nothing. The diplomats are saying they have to fix the gap between the what's actually happening when it comes to U.S. diplomatic efforts and explaining that they are trying to mitigate harm and the public perception. To, to show what a daunting task that really is, I'm willing to bet that there are people in the United States watching this video right now saying the U.S. is not really trying to do anything. So trying to get that message out that the U.S. is trying to help that, that's going to be a really hard sell in the Middle, in the middle East. I mean, it, it's a hard sell in the U.S. So there's a huge issue. And it's one of those where the Biden administration is having to walk this very fine line. And it's even more complicated by domestic politics because you have... You have various groups within the United States that want the Biden administration to do one thing or the other, and they're in direct contradiction. This is the type of foreign policy situation that theoretically should remind people that maybe you don't want, you know, a a narcissistic real estate developer who views everything as transactional to, uh, to be leading the country. This is hard for, by all accounts, a top-notch foreign policy team. Uh, this is not something that, that can be handled easily. As far as where it goes from here, you will probably start to see a little bit more open criticism of Israel from the United States. But I'll go ahead and tell you, it's not going to be enough as far as the perception from the Arab world. Unless the U.S. can actually get Israel to agree to a ceasefire, it's not going to be enough. And I don't see Israel doing that anytime soon. Not a real one. You know, they may agree to more pauses. Um, they may agree to a lengthier pause, maybe three days. The idea that they're ready for a ceasefire, it doesn't seem likely. 
So, the United States has to figure out how to make sure that Saudi Arabia understands that it is in their national interests to continue to lean towards the U.S. That's going to be a big part of this. As far as the foreign policy applications, that's what the U.S. is going to be focused on. They're going to want to make sure that Saudi Arabia is is still leaning the U.S.'s way. Because the other countries, they're important. They don't, the U.S. doesn't want the publics in those countries angry. But they're not as important because it's not about friends, it's interests. Um, If the U.S. can do that, the U.S. still has a chance of deprioritizing the Middle East sometime in the next 15 to 20 years. If they can't, the U.S. is stuck there. If they can't and it goes bad, the U.S. gets drawn into a conflict. The stakes are really, really high. Um, And again, it's all complicated by the domestic situation, domestic politics here in the United States, the fact that we're coming into an election. There's a whole lot of other stuff that is just complicating it. Um, From a foreign policy standpoint, this is one of the most high-stakes, interesting things that need a little bit of finesse and subtlety that has happened in a really long time. Um, Because normally by this point, the U.S. is like, okay, well, we already have the carriers there. Let's just... Let's just move and and try to handle it militarily. Um, The fact that the U.S. isn't doing that shows how committed they are to deprioritizing the Middle East. They don't want to get drawn in. And it's important to note that the idea of deprioritizing the Mideast, that's not just Biden. That's a long-term thing that spans administrations. They're sticking to it, and that's... That's good for the interests of peace anyway. Anyway, it's just a thought. Y'all have a good day.